What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lyndon Burton. Lyndon, how are you doing this week? I'm doing good, man. We got, in terms of movies, we got a lot of good stuff to talk about this week. A lot of things that are like, question mark, okay? I got a rant coming this week, but I'm doing well. Um, I'm trying to think about what I've been watching recently. I wanted to do Freaky on this podcast because I thought it was going to be on VOD, but apparently it's, it's not, not? going to be on VOD till the end of that month. Oh, I thought it was out. Oh, it's in theaters. Okay, it's well, in yeah. Theaters. We'll, we'll talk about it when it comes to VOD. I, like, I, I'm know, not, I've, I can't go I've to theaters already risked right my now. life. I've already risked my life for Tenant and New Mutants. So if, if I'm going to risk my life, it's for something that we got later. In the, Especially yeah. since COVID's ramping up in Lafayette in the South. I can't risk it for Freaky, but, you know. I'm going to wait till the first thing to ask you that. But other than that, I'm doing well. I'm trying to think what I've been watching. Um, hmm, What have I been watching? I've been watching New Girl, which I enjoy a lot. I'm a big New Girl guy. I've been watching... Um, There's another comedy. Oh, Workaholics. I've been running through again. Enjoying that. But I feel like I, I've been watching a lot of movies. because my. Oh, yeah. Okay. I watched Natural Born Killers. Have you ever seen that movie? No. It is... It. It is really something interesting. It's really good, but I could see if someone says they don't like it. I liked it because I thought it was fucking amazing. It's an Oliver Stone-directed Quentin Tarantino movie, and granted, Tarantino said his script was different than what Oliver Stone ended up putting out because Oliver Stone did a lot of influences of like what he expected American culture to be. Robert Downey Jr.'s in it. Woody Harrelson's in it. It's a really fucking good movie. Like I like it a lot. And then also... uh. You can tell it's a Quentin Tarantino script because there's a character called uh, Jack Scanganelli. And if you remember in Reservoir Dogs that uh, Peter Scanganelli is Mr. Blonde's, uh, Mads Mikkelsen's parole officer. And also, this story was supposed to be the screenplay that Clarence from... uh, Fuck, what is the Clarence Juliet Arquette movie? That's a uh, true romance from the Quentin Tarantino true romance movie. Clarence is a screenwriter and he screenwrote natural born killers. I also, wa- I also watched that. And then I feel, Oh, and I watched the professional with uh, uh, the, with the early uh, cure, not cure nightly. I always get them confused. Fucking Jane. Yeah. Natalie Portman. I'm so happy you knew that. Cause I always, well, since- they, I know that because they both played in the star Wars episode one. That, and I think that's why I confused them. I've always confused them. So, I've been, yeah, I've been watching that. I've been watching, like, a lot of just dad movies, man. My 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 uh, suggestions on Amazon, legit, since Curse doesn't use it, she doesn't bother getting on Amazon because it's, all they give you is Linden suggestions. It's literally just Westerns, gangster movies, Tarantino movies, Scorsese movies, sci-fi movies, or comic book or anime. Literally just dad movies through and through on and cop thrillers. Like oh, speaking of wait, I watched the new 60 days, 61 days in, and oh, I watched the good. fucking yeah. <laughs> and I watched this new behind bars, the rookies on Hulu. I don't understand how people go put themselves in the position to either be a corrections officer where they're at the jail guarding these people or one of the people going undercover to be. <laughs> no, I love the show, but I would never do that shit. Oh, not in a million years. It's like going in the lion's den. One dude almost got shanked. <laughs> dude, and you got to you got to realize now for the people who are doing that show. I know. That- the, the people who are going into prison now know that the show exists. 
That's what I'm saying. The prisoners know. Like, like one of the dudes, alert. one of the dudes on the episode was like, "Wait, why has this camera been constantly in here?" And one of the other guys was like, "This is some probably some sixty-one ninety-one days shit." And it was like, "Hmm, a lot of people did just come in, and then they started being suspicious of everybody, and they had to pull some people Yo. out." Yeah, yeah, shit is crazy. Shit. Oh, also that Forge and Fire season on Netflix—that's an old one. That's the most recent one. It's oh, really? not an original show. Yeah, that's the most recent one from from History Channel. Gotcha. But yeah, I, I watched a little bit of that. But they put the they put two Survivor seasons on there. Started those. I mean, I've seen them. I've I've never seen them. I started that too. How do you feel uh, about well, the Bachelorette? Let me just get an update because I know they did the switch. Well, real quick on on that, I feel bad that you're watching. Like, which one are you watching? Is one of them like not uh, All Star season? One of them is with like the brains team, the brawn team, and the pretty team. Uh, okay, 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 okay. So that's the good one to watch because, okay. like, I feel like it would be really hard for you to watch season twenty with all the all stars and, and not know any background information on who they are. Gotcha. Yeah, that, that's the one I've been watching. The, the the one I just described. So. All right, but yeah, I mean, I love Survivor, man. Survivor's fucking great. I'm enjoying it. I'm enjoying it right now. Um, but anyway, yes, Bachelorette. Bachelorette is pretty awesome. Tasha's definitely. It you know once we got into having Tasha. it starts it's starting to feel like a normal bachelorette okay. like i've been you know, hearing claire people like just, it claire was just so off the wall and like everything was so weird and so like not right with the whole <laughs> dale thing so i'm glad that they you know mixed that and moved so where's the boy, where's the boy at uh, the boy who's about to be the new bachelor is he in the show Matt James, no, he was he was supposed to be on the show when it was gonna air way earlier. Ah, uh, okay. And then like because it got postponed or whatever, they're like, oh well, who's the new bachelor gonna be? And they then, chose like, Matt the James. Push. That's crazy. Yeah. That's still crazy to me that he got chosen. Like he's never been on the show been, or anything. Mike, Mike Johnson or whatever. Oh, Black Mike. Yeah. Yeah. Who because like that Jimmy was Lovato. Like that was the push. The push was like they wanted to have like a black dude, bachelor. Dude got too and like and dude he got too cocky, bro. Dude got too cocky and too much on social media. He had Demi Lovato. He should have kept that. Dude's a dunce. That's, that's fair. Fucking dunce. But well, I think she's back on the market now, so he can get that back. He will not. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Matt James' season actually is going to debut at the beginning of the year. So that's really? pretty exciting. I feel like it's going to like this season of The Bachelor. It's going to back right into it. Okay, cool. No paradise they've, for they've, you. Then. They've already put out the promo and everything. Okay, yeah. So then no paradise. So you're gonna be sad. Well, no. Well, I'm not sad about it because like it was the whole just messing up with the schedule. Um, but I feel like you get one I after just, Bachelor. I, yeah, I feel like they're gonna do it after that. And what I would like for them to do is to only use the people who like haven't done it yet because like usually in Paradise they bring like really old people and like maybe you can do like a couple of them, but like. There's been like plenty of people that have been on these most recent seasons that need to be on Paradise for sure. Bet. Well, hell yeah. Like some of these, some of these dudes on this season for sure. Like, there's a lot of drama. The All dudes right. are having a bunch of drama. Like, there's one dude who's like calling some dude a fraud and a phony in this week's <laughs> episode, and it's just like, oh my god, dude, you're so lame. Like, it's just like so it's such a big eye roll sometimes. <laughs> I, lo- I love getting the updates. But yeah, that's all I really want to know. We got a full stack show, man. So whenever uh, you're ready, I'm ready. Yeah, I'm ready to get started, so let's roll. The first story, I just don't know why, how you didn't have this number one. I, I had to just veto note and be like, bro, this should have been number one. 
All right. Well, the first story is Wonder Woman 1984 is going to head to HBO Max and theaters on December 25th. And you don't have to pay for it like Mulan. So if you have it on HBO Max, you get to watch it. How is this? How do you think this was big news? This is huge. This shows and I've been hearing a lot of rumblings from a lot of people in the industry saying that the theaters might be SOL. And this is the start of it. What do you mean? Like. What do you mean they might be SOL? making? I, I've heard a bunch of rumors from a lot of our sources that theater, that movie companies are starting to make a push towards streaming. In well, theaters, that's interesting. In theaters, because, maybe SOL. Well, that's I just don't understand that because, like, if there wasn't a pandemic going on, like, it would not be an issue. You know what I'm saying? That's like the, the the aspect of like going to a movie theater. It's not gone. Like, I don't think it'll would, die, but if, I, I feel if like people could do that. That they they would. So that's what I'm saying. Like I was telling someone this the other day. If I was someone who wanted to invest in a, creating a movie theater, like even if it was an independent uh, one that only had like two screens, I would wait until this pandemic is over and then I would invest because like once you have like an opening one and you can get movies to like send you. Uh, film to put to put in there, like you know, that's where you're coming in. Where like they might not even send them the film anymore. That's and that's the but. thing. It's like, and I I understand what you're saying one thousand percent, and I agree with you because you know me. I love the theaters, and I'm and I'm a person that is pro theater. I want theaters to always exist. I want to watch new movies in theaters. But the movie industry can't take another year like this year. They can't. Mm. They they cannot. And if things keep looking like this, everything's gonna have to be on VOD, and we're gonna have to pay forty fifty bucks for certain things. And I mean, like, I'm not upset at that. I think I would pay 40, 50, 30, between 30 and 40 to, to watch Wonder Woman 1984. I think I'd pay that to watch Black uh, Widow. But see, some films like Bill and Ted, I'm not paying more than five. And yeah, Freaky is another example. Like, for when Freaky comes on VOD this week, or not this week, but at the end of the month, like, I'm it better paying, be I'm, under $20. Yes, like, I'm saying, I'm not paying, no. And, and that's why, for these big, hundred plus million dollar movies you're gonna have to charge for that so like if tenant were to be on vod for the first time or if the batman goes on vod those are things that are you're gonna have to pay money for but like i'm just saying it's something that you people need to expect and get ready for if the pandemic extends into next year because the movie theaters won't I'm, i guarantee you they're not pushing shit back next year well, I mean, I really think that it's going to be temporary. Like, you know, maybe that's something that they do for a while. And like I said, you know, AMC and shit like that, they may shut, shut down. But once, like, things start to get back... What if they realize to, they make more money that way? I doubt it. I doubt that they're going to make more money that way. Like, I feel like... I don't know, though. That's really what I'm saying, because you, because if, if everybody, instead of paying for a ticket, 10 bucks a ticket, and you do certain movies that are... 10 bucks, but you do certain movies that are like pay-per-view events, 30 bucks. People will, fandom will pay for it. If there was a new Star Wars movie tomorrow that was the Old Republic movie and they told your ass you had to pay 30 to 40 bucks to watch it on a pay-per-view site, would you not pay for it? No, that makes sense. I mean, like, they have to figure out some kind of way to make it eventful because, like, if you just make it like any other like this whole wonder woman thing like the whole idea of just it just coming on to streaming and like not having anything other than that like but you know i you know i I'm feel like they had to cut bait on this it. one i guess but i feel like i'm excited I feel that bad. i did it on christmas like i'm ex- that that gives me something to watch on christmas now the question is are, are you going to the theater to watch it i mean i kind of want to <laughs> i don't I, know. I mean i would like to <laughs> yeah know. that's what i'm saying i kind of want to just depends on how corona is laughing because it's getting bad and if it's if it's bad still 
I'm stay my ass home and just watch it on HBO Max. Well, I mean, my thought process with it is I might just drive to the theater, see how many people are trying to get in. <laughs> and like if if it looks empty, then see, like I'm going, yeah. I'm definitely going. <laughs> If it's because just like, me in there, fuck yeah. I'm getting it's the same my thing for like tenant. Like when we were talking about the tenant and we both went, like what I had empty. I had maybe like seven people in a yeah. giant theater. <laughs> Mine was so empty like, as fuck. It was me and my girlfriend and then like two other people. <laughs> it was lit. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Like if if it doesn't look like there's gonna be a lot of people there, then I'm like, in it. I'm, I'm go. in it. Like, I am in it to win it one thousand percent. That is a fact. Cause like I want to see Wonder Woman on the big screen. There's certain movies that I want to see. Like when she's swinging on the lightning, and it's like hell yeah. And I want to see what Kristen Wiig's cheat is about. I want to see all of this. But I feel bad for Gal Gadot and Patty Jenkins. I know they didn't want this to happen, but like it's just the world we live in right now, and you just gotta deal with it. Yeah, I mean, I just feel like you're going to take out the wonder of some of these big budget But that's why they push movies. Batman back, I realize. I, I understand now that's why they push Batman back. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, with, like, Tenet, like, let's use that for example. If I had to have watched Tenet on VOD, I don't think I would have liked it as much. Mm. I, I, that's an interesting thing because I really enjoyed seeing it on in theaters. Like, that changed. That was an amazing experience, having all the sounds and just everything about it. Yeah, I don't know. I I feel like I would have still loved the movie, but it would have been a different experience. It would have definitely been a different experience. But, like, yeah, Batman definitely needs to be on theater. I think Dune needs to be in theaters, too. So, like, I... Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Like, it's just, like, hard to imagine watching movies like that at home for the first time. Yeah. Yeah, true. But, I mean, we do it for things like Trial of the Chicago 7. I bet that would have been good in theaters, but I enjoyed it at my house. (laughs) Don't, don't, don't even, that's not even comparable. All right, the king, the king, the king would have been good in theaters. Yeah, probably. That's what I'm saying. There's some, there's some movies that we watched. super slow, so. You know, there's some movies that we watched in, in, in uh, streaming that, that, that could benefit from a theatrical release. I bet I would have liked Extraction more in the big screen. I uh, know. <laughs> nah, I'm just fucking with you. That's just me just being a douche. All right, but yeah, that's all I got really on this Wonder Woman shit. I'm excited right, for well. it. Um, because of the other podcast we're releasing this week, Friday we might as well we might as well plug it this Friday, y'all. Make sure run it back. You guys are hearing this on Thursday. This Friday we have a new run it back, super bad, where we review the Judd Apatow classic. Super, this is one of our, in my opinion, this is one of our best running backs. And I lo- and I love every run it back we've done so far. I think that's my favorite show of like just extra shit that we do. I really it's love definitely raunchy. every time. It's amazing. Like, and we, and I was, I had a, such a good time. So y'all make sure y'all check that out on Friday, but back to the story. Yeah. So, you know, mentioning that and our excitement behind talking about super bad, Judd Apatow is developing a pandemic comedy for Netflix and will direct, produce and co-write the untitled project through Apatow productions. We've heard earlier on that he had struck a deal with Netflix to, do some films. This is definitely going to be one of them. The film will follow a group of actors and actresses stuck inside a pandemic bubble at a hotel attempting to complete a film. Apatow will co-write the script with South Park writer Pam Brady and Apatow's partner Barry Mendel will executive produce. So it's supposed to be an ensemble cast. I'm assuming we'll see like some Apatow favorites. Um, So like, I think it'll be similar to like, this is the end almost where a lot of people are kind of playing themselves, you know? Real. But if, you know, for Netflix pandemic comedy, I think, you know, this could be really fun and interesting, especially if we get the right names attached. Oh, yeah. If they put the right people in this, this could be something special. 
Yeah, like I'm wondering what Seth Rogen's gonna do. Like, I don't know if he's gonna be in it because like I feel like he's doing just so much other stuff right now. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I, I think it's a a pretty good idea to have Apatow back and doing something. His King of Staten Island was good. Yeah, King Staten. Yeah, that's why I'm thinking. It's, it's funny you mention that because I was thinking that Pete Davidson would probably definitely be in this movie. I could be, I could believe it. That might be his new guy. I could see it. I could see it being something like that. So, you know, I'm excited for this. I love, like I said, I'm a f- big fan of the Apatow comedy. So good for Apatow, good for Netflix. Next up, we got the Hollywood Reporter confirms that the Batman spinoff series, which is being called Gotham Central, has lost showrunner Terrence Winter after he and he clashed with filmmaker Matt Reeves and producers over vision for the HBO show. I've gotten word from like Daniel RPK that. It was Matt, Matt Reeves had a distinct vision for how he wanted this to go, and Winter had a distinct vision, and their visions could not coincide when Matt didn't want to budge off of his, and HBO sided with Matt. And I mean, look, as great as a show, as a great as a writer Terrence Winter is with everything he's done with like Boardwalk Empire, and I believe he worked on Sopranos. I believe. I could be mistaken. Let me see, just real quick. But uh, while I looked at, like I said, it, the, no matter how much car blanche he has with HBO, oh yeah, he worked on Boardwalk Empire, Vinyl, Wolf of Wall Street. Like as great as a writer as he is, who I 100% enjoy, it's Matt. Re- like you have to go with Matt Reeves' vision. Like that's the problem with a show, with a movie we're going to talk about later, the Snyder Cut. Warner Brothers did not have a one cohesive vision. They had Snyder's idea. They had the studio exec's idea. They had Jeff John's idea. They had uh, Josh Josh Whedon's idea. They had everybody's fucking idea. And it was a hodgepodge and it wasn't one cohesive vision. Star Wars, what we always blame Kathleen Kennedy for. It was JJ, Ryan, JJ, Kathleen. It was everybody's different idea. No cohesive vision. And I have to applaud Warner Brothers and HBO because no matter how much you love Terrence Winter and how much you have a relationship with him, the fact is, it's Matt Reeves' Gotham, and it's Matt Reeves' Batman. If Matt Reeves has a vision for how Gotham Central should work, then I'm supporting and following behind Matt Reeves to get him a writer that he believes in. Same thing with James Gunn's Peacemaker. It's based off of his movie, so he should have final say on creative of how this should go. That's well, especially if, especially in Gunn's case, because it's going to tie directly to... But this ties that... directly into the, the, the GCPD. <laughs> I guess. But I get what you're saying, I mean, how it's different about how Peacemaker's an actual character from the movie. But I'm, I wouldn't be surprised if we see Jim Gordon in this. I, you better be paying Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright already bucks. works with HBO. What's Westworld? Oh, yeah, that's true. That's very true. You got to think, most, yeah. of these, most of these actors work with HBO already. Um, even though I, I, I highly doubt Catwoman will be in it, but she works with HBO. Big Little Lies. Pharaoh works with HBO. Uh, Turturro's the only one that doesn't necessarily... No! Yes. Night of! Yeah, Turturro works with HBO. Like, this is something that I expect to see some of these people in, and that's why, if you're going to do Matt Reeves' vision, let's get it. Yeah, I mean, it makes completely sen- complete sense that if Matt Reeves doesn't approve of the direction that it's going, then it probably shouldn't go through. Go that way, I mean, yeah! I think, the you know, with something like that, you kind of want to get someone who isn't as polarizing, I suppose. Like, I'm not saying that Terrence Winter is incredibly polarizing, but he definitely has his own visions. I feel like you'd want to get someone who's a little bit more fall in line. But then, yeah, but then I guess you want someone who's going to, like, give it its, its own edge. But, like, at the end of the day, it's, like, it is Matt You need Reeves. someone like Favreau who can fall, like, 
who can play into the the field house of like you know like this is like Favreau's not doing his own thing in Star Wars. That like if anything, it feels very Star Wars. More Star well, I mean, Wars than us, especially stuff. because he's pulling so much from other places. Um, but uh, yeah, at the end of the day, it needs to be felt like it's in Matt Reeves's world. I feel like that was probably the biggest thing is that Terrence Winter was kind of making it his have own a world. different feeling. And, and we've already had that with Gotham. Like it's like, no, this is supposed to be a show that ties into the Batman and the Batman universe. We're not making Gotham Part Two. We're not. No, no. So I, you know, I don't. This doesn't scare me in the slightest. With no, me show. neither. Me neither. That's what I wanted to come in here and just reassure Batman fans. This is not Warner Brothers doing Warner Brothers shit of old. This is actually a good thing that they're doing this because this shows they learn from their past mistakes and they're trying to get a cohesive vision. And anytime that happens, I can't be upset because that's what I've been asking for for years. So if anything, if it's bad, then we just say Matt Reeves did a bad job. But I'm at least I'm far. I'm gonna ride Matt Reeves' ship until it crashed. Now, like that's just what you have to do. You put your you put your stake in him, and you have to buy his vision. Now, if you don't buy his vision, you cut bait. But if we're riding his vision, we're gonna ride his vision till the end. That's what you got to do. So, but next up, a Darkwing Duck reboot is in development at Disney Plus. No writers currently attached to the project, but sources say it will be executive produced by Oh Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg, James Weaver and Alex. McAfee at great at point great picture. See, I knew they were doing one, but I didn't know Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg were involved. That's great. Yo, they make some of my favorite stuff. The boys preacher. They've been working on some other stuff. Like Seth Rogen is killing it on production side. That's where I'm thinking like dark, this dark wing duck. It's probably still going to be kid friendly, but I think it's going to have like, it's going to stay true to form, but also reboot it in a way that might like appeal to its, fans that grew up with it you know what i'm saying yeah where like i'm not saying like spawn but like have an edge but also be kid friendly like he's seth rogan is killing it i can't believe this is a a thing i'm trying to i'm pulling up his producing credits like we have some cool stuff coming we got that he's working on teenage mutant ninja turtles he's working on an nbc project Darkwing Duck. Uh, he's working on that's what the I'm Boys, Black Monday movie. Like, there's so much good shit he's working on right now. That's crazy. Yeah. Didn't know that. I'm excited for this. I love Darkwing Duck. So, you know, I have nothing bad to say about this. I'm all in. No, yeah, it's definitely way early in development. But you know, seeing the name names like Seth Rogen and Evan Goldberg attached makes you like, be a little bit more willing to see this through. Crazy the super bad guys, Seth and Evan, moved on. <laughs> and now they're doing Darkwing Duck after after Megan. <laughs> I can't watch <laughs> save it. I'm saving it for Friday. <laughs> I'm not gonna even say it. I'm saving it for Friday. But yeah, crazy to see those guys making Disney's Darkwing Duck. <laughs> Especially yeah, right. after the boys. <laughs> like if Super Bad wasn't bad enough, if Good Boys wasn't bad enough. Preacher wasn't bad enough. Sausage Party wasn't bad enough. <laughs> After the boys, Disney still working with these dudes? Crazy. Good for them, though. I fucking love it. I, I assume, like, they probably were, like, super fans, man. <laughs> they had to be. There's no way they're not. Yeah. Uh, but let's talk about the trailers. Oh, let's start. Let's go ahead and... and let's get and, it out uh, the way. And get the Snyder Cut out of the way. I actually don't have too much hate on it because... After what I saw out of it, I'm like, well, I'm interested in watching it, and I'm going to watch it. 
My uh, problem is not with Snyder releasing his movie. My problem is with everyone around this movie putting in their narrative. I've seen things like, oh, DC is trying to force feed us this old movie and they're still making the same mistakes or uh, Snyder's universe needs to be the main universe or this is just DC repeating the same mistakes or this is see why Marvel's better. And it's like, all of you just need to shut up for a second. This movie is just being released to give this man to put out his vision so HBO Max can make some money because his fans are diehards. That's the only reason why this is happening. Snyder's universe will not be the main universe. Or not Ben Affleck's Batman's not coming back. Like these are th- unless it's like in a cameo in the Flash, it's not he's not going to be Batman again. Like we just need yeah. to understand that this is just a, a cash grab but a cool cash grab. Yeah, I kind of wish they would stop marketing it so seriously though because like at the end of the day it is it's fun. Like it's one of those things where like, okay, yeah, just I'm League tired of it. I'm tired of it. So I would like it. to see like a different version of it that maybe it rede- redeems it a little bit. But I mean, like it's not really anything that's like pushing the universe. So it's not yeah. really anything that I feel like needs to be too, too big a deal. And I mean, it's like, but I, it, it's, I, I feel like it definitely needs to be released. And, you know, based on what I've seen, it looks like it, it, it'll be, better than it looks like it's gonna be entertaining but to me i still have a problem with snyder's i think he has a fundamental flaw of of understanding these characters i do not think he has a full grasp of understanding these dc characters i think it's his vision but i don't think it's a it's the essence of like batman i don't think like the flash isn't the flash and it's like zach snyder play in his sandbox with his action figures yeah facts so i mean like i'm not mad at it but like i i'm just sick of all the fans responses to the snyder cut like just watch it it is what it is and nothing more is going to come from it or who knows it may but like i doubt it yeah yeah, I'm I'm more interested to like when I when that comes out or the week it's going to come out. I want to watch Justice League and then see like what the differences are because I'm really interested on like how much they actually. And I'm did not watching film. it in black and white. Let me just say that. Oh, if it's if it's black and white, <laughs> then you, you, know, you might as well just pass. Like I, I'm not interested in watching a black and white movie. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, like when I like when I watch black and white movies, they gotta be old movies, dog. Or I'm like, like I gotta watch like I, like I don't mind watching Citizen Kane, Orson Welles. I've been getting in my old bag, Jim, some Jimmy Stewart movies. I've been getting in my old bag, but like if I'm gonna watch that. It's got to be. I'm not watching Batman and Superman in fucking black and white for you trying to be some fucking auteur. Get the fuck out of my face with that bullshit. Yeah, exactly. So I hope that that's not the case, because if so, then like he might as well just like tune me out. Like I'm not going to watch a black and white version of Justice League. It's crazy. <laughs> fuck no. You think I'd rather, like, you think, I'd rather you watch think the Dark Knight in black and white. <laughs> you think they released it in black and white just because like, oh, I didn't. We just didn't want to pay for color. <laughs> no, no, that's some Zack Snyder auteur shit. I'm telling you, that's him thinking like, oh yeah, I'm artsy. This is this is this is my vision. I have muted colors. Like I'm just getting at the soul of what it is. Like right, shut God. up. <laughs> All right, well let's let's move from one questionable film to another one. Tom you and thought Jerry. this was questionable. I I didn't think it was bad. It's just interesting that they're doing this whole 3D CG real well, human. It looks like the early Space stuff. Space Jam, working. Looney Tunes, it, it Who lo- Framed Roger Rabbit. But like see, it looks even more so where that stuff felt like it fit. This shit looks like, have you ever seen the uh, Gene Kelly where he dances with Jer- Jerry and Jerry's like, it looks like it's just like a, like it looks weird, but like it felt like that. So I'm kind of, I kind of dug it. I don't know. 
I didn't hate it. Like yeah, the, hate one it. thing that rede- redeemed it to me is that these all these ad- ad names that were in it, I was like, oh, I mean, if they were going to put attach their name to this, then I guess this is going to be terrible. There's a lot. But, you know, I, obviously, it isn't like for us, Mm-mm. or maybe it is. I, it's, it's just like hard to tell, but um, it, it could have been way worse. Yeah, it could have been, way like wor- been Smurfs, and it wasn't. Yeah, like they, they kept it like it looked like Tom and Jerry, and it made sense. Well, also, I mean, Tom like, and Tom Jerry seems insane. like he's the like, villain. Jerry's always the villain. But see, Jerry wasn't the villain. Like, uh, Jerry wasn't the villain, like, when we were, like, kids. It's half and half. Like, it's one of those things where, like, Jerry is, like, not the villain because, like, he's the mouse and he's just trying to live his life. But at the same time, he's also trying to fuck shit up. Like, he definitely seemed like the villain in this one. Like, you got Colin Jost, uh, Michael Pena, uh, the Chloe Chloe Grace Grace Moretz, Ken Jong, Robert Mm -hmm. Delaney. Um, Christina Chong, um, Brian Stepanek from Even Stevens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm trying to see, and that's about all of the names that I really recognize. Um, speaking of Even Stevens, there was a trailer for Shia LaBeouf's movie that. Came oh yeah, out. I'm surprised you didn't put that on there with uh with Vanessa Kirby, bro. They're gonna win an Oscar for that shit. The only reason I didn't, and I'm that's why I'm mentioning it now, is uh, it just seemed like so sad. Like I just don't. Yeah, know, like, that seemed like sadder could, than like, Marriage Story. Like that seemed like a lot. I'm gonna watch it, it real but like, heavy, bro. like, it was I don't like know if I can watch that. Like Marriage Story was heavy, but like Marriage Story had like some funny moments. This one, yo, shout out to Vanessa Kirby, man. Like that's gonna that like that seemed like a gut wrenching performance, and Shia. Oh, he was taking it to a level. So, like, that seems like some Oscar bait ready to go. Yeah, it's a Scorsese-produced Netflix film. Netflix is going for it. That's a good one. So, I'm not gonna, that, that fell in their, their marriage story bag. So, yeah, um, I watched that trailer. I enjoyed that. But Regina King's going to make her directorial debut with One Night in Miami. The trailer came out this week. I really liked it. A lot of people that... A lot of people have come up to me this week and asked me if I'd seen it. And I think that's a good sign for Regina King in this film. Uh, you know, going into Muhammad Ali, Sam Cooke, uh, Jim Brown, and Malcolm X, and like their night meetup in Miami. I feel like it's going to be really interesting. I liked it. I'm interested to see how it goes. I'm giving it more. I'm not going to come in here and say what I originally thought because it's Regina King. And after I fully watched the trailer, I think it could be good. I just am more interested in the Daniel Kaluuya Lakeith Stanfield movie. I'm more into the uh Fred, the Fred sure. Hampton movie. I, I I at some points this felt like a BET Lifetime movie, but I'm not that's gonna, fair. I, and that's like I didn't want to come in and be like I think it's gonna be better than that because I like some of the stuff I saw. Some of the acting's really good, but like I, I I have hopes because it's Regina King and I don't think she's gonna put out anything trash. So hopefully it's good. But it definitely gave me Lifetime BET movie vibes. Yeah, you know, it is going to be out on Amazon Prime. And so, Amazon's you know, another reason why I have high hopes for it, too, because of our love for Amazon. But I could also see Amazon Prime putting this out because, like, they... Just want diversity. Like, the idea, yeah. they like, the diversity. Yeah, we're going to give Regina King a shot, and maybe, you know, maybe it's just not her bag. So, I mean, we'll, we'll find we'll out see. about it, but, like, I'm definitely intrigued by the idea of this movie and, you know, the trailer... Has got a lot of people talking, so that's, that's good. a fact. The next uh, one is just oof, Disney Plus. Put out some good content, please. Yeah, Dis- <laughs> Disney Plus put out the trailer for Safety, a movie but- about a Clemson <laughs> Tiger bench warmer who he didn't 
even uh, play when Schumer told me on pre-production that this dude did not play and he was third string and got cut from the team. I'm like, how is this a move? They got this dude looking like he about to be the next great like safety in Clemson. His I was like, oh, is this guy a baller? Like, is this is this about to be a good move? Seems like some Christian faith based like good come up story. Very, very much so. Yeah. Like, it's, you know, it, it's about this Clemson football player who uh, had to say custody as a, of his 11 year old brother while he was on campus on in campus the, in college and his, and his team and his girlfriend helped take care of his brother. And, sure. they, and he's playing football while it's going on. And and it's yeah. not like a Clemson team that, you know, Dabo led going to titles. Like, this is 2000. Not Deshaun Watson, not Trevor Lawrence, none of that it's shit. It's like 2008 Clemson. You know, maybe Taj Boyd's on the team. But CJ Spiller is the main player on the team. But, like, this guy is, like, two strings behind him. So I don't really, I don't really know what what this is all about. Disney but. Plus needs to cut the shit and drop Wandavision and stop pushing it back. It's now it's in, coming out in January. Yeah. So if you want to watch some, you know, okay sports movie on Disney Plus, then you can watch that. I mean, Clemson's getting, definitely getting a big check. So I saw the next thing is interesting that you put in here. It's out. The next thing you put in. Yes, uh, this is out currently. It's the Takashi Six Nine documentary on Hulu. Uh, the trailer, I guess, came out also this week because this is why I put it out on there. But, uh, you know, um, I thought it was really interesting. Like, you know, every we've talked about Takashi 6 9 on the Bros Who Think podcast before and, like, you know, just the craziness that has been his life and career. So to see it put together in a documentary form, the, the, my interesting thing about this is what's the slant going to be? But um, I, I would really be interested I... in, like, going in depth about it. I started it. I didn't finish it, but I think there's a a better documentary about Takashi Six Nine. I do really, yeah. And it's out already. It's an uh, it's a Spotify Studios original. It's a podcast. It's infamous the Takashi Six Nine story by uh Angie Martinez, and Angie Martinez is a, a famous D, uh famous radio personality. She's in the Radio Hall of Fame. She just got inducted. She used to work at Hot 97, and she worked at Power 105 now, the Charlemagne Breakfast Club that she works at that station. And she went to, like, all the different gang members. She got interviews from, like, different people affiliated. She got different – she got all these crazy interviews and whatnot. And it's, like, eight parts, and it's so, it's so, 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 so good. Like, this one felt like this was the corporate, this guy's popular, I'm going to do it, where, where the one I'm talking about felt like, a legitimate look inside of hip hop. Yeah. Like it felt really good where the other one, where the the Hulu doc felt like it was just for money because this was a hot name. That makes sense. Like the trailer made it look like it was really going to give you like some good insight. Um, But you know, that's what I'm saying. Like the the slant is, is what comes with. with Yeah. It it didn't, it didn't have me hooked. Like I said, I started it. I got 15 minutes in and I was like, I kind of know all this. And the Angie Martinez story was way more interesting than this, this guy's opinion of, of hip hop. So you know, nice. if you want a good Takashi Six Nine documentary story, it's a podcast on Spotify. Infamous, the Takashi Six Nine story. Shout out to everybody who made it. Andrew Martinez and the uh, Complex Clue. I really thought that was super, super dope. Um, the next trailer, Big Mouth season four, released. I think that we they might be running out of steam. Honestly, yeah, this one with the anxiety mosquitoes. I mean, it felt realistic, but like I don't know. You know, they always have a. You always have to give Big Mouth a little bit of credit because they do find ways to like reach into your adolescence and like figure out like 
something that they can grab onto. And I guess this season is anxiety. Um, so I, I think it's probably gonna be something that I'm going to watch, but like I said, I feel like they're kind of, it's you know, hitting their mark. It's hitting its mark. It's not it's, Bob's burgers, Bob's burgers or Rick and Morty that can continue. It just had some, well, it, it's, it's, it was never like that. You know, it wasn't like a show that was about sustainability. It was about like, telling uh, telling certain stories and like tapping into certain principles of your youth and so i feel like they've kind of run out on that or they they just didn't carry the show the right way to be able to make it something that was could go for a long time so i don't know how long they'll go after this but i'm definitely gonna watch it so yeah i'm a peep game i'm a peep game the next trailer is something i'm excited about yeah, you might Funny as well enough. talk about it. Yeah, the next trailer is Batman Soul of the Dragon. It's a new animated series by the uh, not animated series, animated movie from DC. It's like a Elseworld story. It's just like one of these random movies where they took us, they took an idea and they made it. They basically took Batman, Richard Dragon, uh, Lady Shiva, and I think it's Bronze Tiger, but it might not be. It might just be some random black guy. But I think it's Bronze Tiger, and they put them all together like in the 60s, 70s, and basically it feels like this James Bond-esque kung fu, like Bruce Lee early movie, and like Batman and, and his cohorts of Richard Dragon, Lady Shiva, and Bronze Tiger are going on this mission to stop this cult of the dragon, very Indiana Jones 60s, 70s. Like, it, it feels like a period piece, and it has good animation, good quality. It doesn't seem like a kiddie movie. It seems like it's just going to be a really, really cool, interesting movie. And I'm, I'm going to watch is it. The good thing about these DC movies, these DC animated movies is they really don't ever really feel like they're kiddie. Yeah. Like this definitely doesn't feel like it's kiddie, uh, but it definitely is like its own definitely story. It's own and it's not Adam it, Wesley either. No, like it's, it takes itself 1000% serious. Sure. Yeah. No, but it does definitely feel like it was something that was made later. Is now like oh. not like the feeling of the animation, but just like just the time period. It's like oh, Bruce Wayne is like you know in bell bottoms and shit, and, like, and has like a a, a a fucking Beatles mullet. Yeah, it's, <laughs> like dude's looking like John Lennon and, and, and Paul McCartney. If, honestly, like the, the one knock on it is it did feel like just that aspect of it felt Scooby Doo to me. They kind of gave those wives, but I dug that though. I like it that they're doing this period piece. We saw the early London one with Batman Gotham back gaslight. So now we're getting Batman Soul of the Dragon. And I always think there needs to be more Richard Dragon, Lady Shiva, Bronze Tiger action because I feel like they add a good side of martial arts in the DC universe because we constantly want to use Deathstroke, Raza Ghoul, but like Lady Shiva is arguably stronger than Ra's al Ghul and has her own organization. Richard Dragon, depending on how you look at him, is either in Ra's al Ghul's organization or is has his own one because he's competing against him. And then Bronze Tiger's another martial artist that deals with just the DC universe. So the, I feel like if this is successful, this can maybe give them, you know, maybe we'll use it in a movie. And I think these people deserve something more so than what they're getting. Yeah, you use it in a movie. And the one thing that I'm thinking about with this, I feel like this is the best way for DC to do these Elseworld things. And I guess that's kind of what Marvel's going to do with the what ifs. But this is um, this is different though. The what ifs are going to be well, yeah. like small I little mean, obviously, 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 obviously. But like, it's just one of those things where some people would be like, "Well, what what if they did live action Elseworlds?" And like, well, I just feel like that would confuse too many people. And like mm -hmm. with this, you can really do what you want to do, and like not have to like worry about like casting and stuff like that. It's like, oh well, how many Batman's are they going to be? You know. Yeah, no, I'm not mad at it. I'm not mad at that at all. So, you know, I'm excited for this. 
Um, so the next story, Fincher, David Fincher has recently told French magazine Premier that he inked the four-year deal with Netflix. Um, so what is this? Uh, Fincher said he, it's going to be for another four years. He was indicating that he was operating under exclusive license with the streaming service prior to this revelation. And he was just basically like, yeah, I got an exclusive deal with Netflix for another four years. And depending on Mank's reception, I'll either go see them sheepishly asking them, can I redeem myself or take the attitude of an arrogant asshole who will require making other films in black uh, and white? No, I'm, I'm here to deliver content, whatever it means, likely to bring them spectators in my small sphere of influence. Hopefully I, I think Mindhunters come back yeah so i was gonna say later in this interview i remember that he was talking about mindhunter and that how he had like certain anticipations for the later seasons i mean it's whatever i feel like maybe i liked, liked mindhunter but like i just don't know if it's something that like after years i'm gonna be like oh yeah you know what let's just bring back mindhunter because like they already had such a big hiatus from like season and they, they could they could have ran their course too honestly because i feel like they with season two they touched on a lot of the stuff that like they wanted to accomplish. I'm just, I'm such a big Fincher fan that like, no matter what he's doing with Netflix, I want to see it. Even though like, Mank, that's the uh, Orson Welles, like, uh, uh, what's my boy's name? Uh, Gary Oldman, black and white movie. That's not really my Fincher bag. I'm more so when Fincher's doing like cop, like mystery, thriller, like seven, like even Fight Club to like, Social Network was great, but like, I guess people say, well, those are all different, so maybe you should give Mank a chance, but I don't know. That just didn't seem like my bag, but whatever. Now, you know, since he is doing, what, a four-year year thing, like maybe that it's possible that he does like a different sort of series. I just want another TV sort of show. Yeah. That is, you know. Uh, Finchery. Mystery, Finchery. So we'll see how it goes with him. But, you know, it's great that Netflix is having such big names attached. You know, we're talking about Apatow earlier on. Like, Talk just to have these guys uh, coming out Shand- here. And, Shonda Rhimes, like, a couple Shonda weeks ago. Rhimes, Ava DuVernay, you know, have all sorts of people in, that are working with them right now. So They're trying, man. Netflix, I got to say, at least well, Netflix I mean, is trying. You know, we're talking into the streaming wars. And the they're putting day. it behind creative. So, and I can't be mad at that. They're picking creatives, whereas uh, other places are picking IP. So For sure. It's so, gonna be yeah, interesting model. Netflix. It's just that the creative stuff they pick so far hasn't panned out. So you know, we gotta just wait and see. Like Finch, Mindhunter was a success, but like some of the other stuff, people like Beanie Off and Weiss has this big deal, and I don't know if that's gonna be a success. Zack Snyder has this big deal, and I don't know. Like we just gotta wait and see. Yeah, David Ayer's Bright was not a success. Well, that depends on who you ask. Well, it was success for the streaming service, but like yeah. I don't think I don't think it was a good movie. No, but I mean, they are talking about doing a second one. I know exactly because they got so many views, but I digress. I digress. Next up, we got Michael Shannon and Zazie Beetz joining Brad Pitt's Bullet Train. This is like one of the movies that we're like just anticipating, man. We're hyped for this. So, all right, let's keep it going. Shout out to uh, Michael Shannon and Zazie Beetz. Yeah, they're they adding actors. to that cast. Like, you know, of course, our, our man Aaron Taylor uh, Johnson is cast in this. So, you know, when I saw Michael Shannon being added to this, I'm like, damn, Michael Shannon too? Michael they, Shannon they is, worked well together in Nocturnal Animals. Like, uh, mm-hmm. in Nocturnal Animals, Aaron Taylor Johnson and uh, Michael Shannon. I'm trying to pull up the cast of this movie. because I'm currently is. watching Boardwalk Empire, where Michael Shannon does so good. And, and you know. Like, you got Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Taylor Johnson, Zazie Beetz, Michael Shannon, Andrew Koji, uh, Brian Tyree Hill, Brian Tyree Henry. Like, such a good cast. Yeah, so and you know, Bullet Train is like the what the assassin action movie. So 
I think it's gonna be pretty cool. What's the yeah five assassins aboard a oh, fast moving bullet train? Find out the ambitions. only thing. The only thing that's worrisome about it is that the Hobbs and Shaw guy is. Oh yeah, coming. David Leach. I feel like he did something else though that I liked. He has. We'll talk about it later. Th- uh, oh yeah, he that's did. A, uh, that's another story. He did Atomic Blonde. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Is that the story? Well, it just mentions another story that he did Atomic Blonde. Oh, okay. Okay. Next up, Chris Pratt reprises role as Star Lord in Thor: Love and Thunder, which I mean, we kind of, kind of, kind of speculated, but yeah. you know, now it's official, and I guess that means that he's. So Guardians is after this anyway, huh? Yeah, definitely. All right. Well, I think like he's gonna die in that Guardians. I don't. I, can I give a hot take? I don't think Guardians is gonna happen. <laughs> <laughs> they keep pushing it back, and like James Gunn's loving what he's doing over at DC. I, I don't think it's gonna happen. <laughs> it really just—I—I I don't know. I, can, I think it depends on this movie because like it could be Thor: a TV Love and show. Thunder. If Thor: Love and Thunder is like Jane taking over the Thor role, and like the you know our early speculation was that Chris Hemsworth, who really has no intention of leaving Marvel, would assume the Star Lord role. Well, no, he's going to just ch- join the Guardians. Like, that's just that's what, what I'm saying. Doing. But, I mean, like, because like, my thought in the next Guardians movie is that they're going to kill off Chris Pratt. Oh, you think they're going to kill him off? Yeah. Damn, interesting. Yeah, because I'm sure he wants to do other shit. Yeah, it's going to be interesting, man. I don't know. And I, like I said, I don't think that next Guardians movie, I feel like they're just going to keep James Gunn just, you know, we'll see. We'll see. That's just a hot take from me. Next up, Lilo and Stitch is expanding. We're going to get a new uh, live-action adaptation with John Chu, John M. Chu in Talks to Direct. Is that is that Spike? Crazy Rich Asians. Oh, Crazy Rich Asians. Okay, cool. Good thing Good thing we got that clarification because I was about to say, <laughs> John Cho or Spike Spiegel, his ass, he needs to be yeah. worried about doing his shit over there. All right, this is for kids. Cool. Good for them. You know, Lilo and Stitch is an interesting choice. Yeah, like, like I think the CGI. It's an are they gonna? Choice. How are they gonna do? Is this gonna be practical? Like, yeah, I don't I know. Yes, I mean, I like, it's like gonna be like Sonic. There's you know other saying? movies that Disney just keeps acting like they shouldn't choose: Treasure Planet, Atlantis, uh, Hercules. Like, there's movies that I think should go before Lilo and Stitch, just because. I don't know if that's gonna work, but you know, whatever. Y'all want to waste money on that? That's why Disney Plus is trash right now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, even Moana, honestly, I would like to see Moana would have been better. Brave would have been better. Brave could have been like their Game of Thrones for kids. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, I, I just don't know, like, why Lilo and Stitch is necessarily a choice. But I'm not like hating on it because I don't like dislike Lilo and Stitch. And John I just Trude don't know how it really works. Work, but like, I just don't know how that's gonna work. Like, yeah, yeah. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. But that's all I got on that. Okay, so American Horror Story creator Ryan Murphy has provided more information on the upcoming spinoff anthology series, American Horror Stories. Uh, Murphy said that they're going to do a 16-hour-long standalone episodes delivering into horror myths, legends, and lore. Many of these episodes will feature American Horror Story stars that you know and love. Sarah Paulson? Most likely. Um, (laughs) The the American Horror Story spin-off series was announced in May. Uh, the original American Horror Story had its 10th season delayed by the pandemic, but is ex- expected to air um, sometime in 2021 on FX, you know, on Hulu. And um, I put in our notes the poster. You can go check that out. You can just Google it. Um, it's just like some sharp teeth or whatever and what looks like a 
a pen writing. It looks like a tattoo. Yeah. Like, oh no, yeah, it is a, a pen. Yeah, it is a pen. You're right. That's like a felt tip. Yeah, it's writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. Good for that. So, I've never been an American Horror Story guy, but good for those people. I have started Fargo. Fargo's great. Fargo's yeah, great. I'm. I'm liking it. I'm liking it. Um, but yeah, I, I do like American Horror Story, but it, it is really is iffy season to season. I'm more interested in the spinoff series. I think um, doing hour long bites, depending on like these uh, legends and lore that they're going to do, are they going to like make adaptations on like Frankenstein, other, Dracula, like, stuff like that, or so actual ghost stories that are real? Real. Yeah. So, okay. Word. Well, yeah. good, good for that. You know, I'm not a a h s guy, but good for the a. But they're a lot. They, they got a fans. big fan base. Yeah, they do. So. They do. Uh, Dexter plot details have been released. I uh, wanted to go ahead and mention those. So the series will be set ten years after Dexter Morgan went missing in the eye of Hurricane Laura, and the revival sees the character now living under an, an assumed name in a world away from Miami. So I kind of like that, that we're going to be taking it away from Miami. From the, yeah, good, because he and, can't be there. Us, <laughs> yes, and putting us in a new place. Like, and I guarantee in one of the episodes towards the end, there's going to bring some detective or somebody from his Miami life is going to be like Dexter. Yeah. And there's going to be, that's going to, if they do another, but that's like another season thing. I, I, I just know that's going to happen. Yeah, I mean, this is the only, the only like season they're doing like one last season. So I'm interested to see where that location is. That's, that's what interests me the most. Yeah, true. All right. Next up, we got Paramount pictures and Hasbro studios have, have set Creed to director Stephen Cable jr. To direct the new transformers in the reinvented universe. All right. That's cool. Stephen Cable did a yeah. good job with Creed too. That's cool. Um, you know, transformers, you know, gets all the, all the, uh, the they just need to make it look like Transformers and not look like the, what Michael Bay did. <laughs> well, that's the thing. You know, that first Transformers movie was great. I mean, it, it, it's... I, 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 I don't know. Say what you say about it. I really enjoy it. I, I enjoyed it a lot, too. It's like... It's, it's a movie that I... I could watch that movie any day. I like the second one, too, if I'm being honest. The second Shia LaBeouf one. Anyone, any of the ones with Shia LaBeouf. Shia LaBeouf really, in it, like, yeah. Shia it's when LaBeouf. Mark Wahlberg came that shit got trash. Exactly. But what I will say is that the first spinoff of the Michael Bay stuff, Bumblebee. Oh, Bumblebee. Yeah, Bumblebee their Optimus was, Prime looked great. Was a very good movie. But if you still haven't seen Bumblebee because you're afraid of Transformers, please watch it because it is a very, 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 very good film. Yeah. So like that, that's what gets me more excited about this idea of a reinvented Transformers universe with uh, Stephen Cable Jr. Stephen Cable Jr. is definitely still trying to prove himself in the film world. Um, so this could be his big shot. So I'm interested in checking it out. I am as well. Next up, we got Better Better Call Saul star Bob Odenkirk has become the next unexpected action star as he goes all out John Wick in the first look at the universal thriller Nobody, directed by hardcore Henry's Ilya Nashalula. Henry Nashalula? Or just Ilya. Nashaller? whatever just hardcore henry's ilia nobody has uh nobody has been written by john wick scribe Derek colstad and producer david litch ah the director uh, behind charlize theron's action uh, actioner atomic blonde and deadpool 2 
all of which no doubt guarantees a fast-paced, bone-breaking, explosive experience at the movies. Bon, Bob Odenkirk stars as uh, Hutch Mansell, an um, unassuming family man who cowers and folds during a home invasion. His post-traumatic shame disorder reignites a long, cooled fire within him, and he summons a secret lethal skill when intervening to help a woman being harassed by a group of men. Unfortunately, this leads to Hutch becoming a target of a eventual drug lord and puts his family in jeopardy. Does this not sound like Punisher to you? Similar. Just what but, happens to his family? That's the, that's the only difference. If like his family survives, then no. But if it doesn't, then that's Punisher. No, I mean like the the whole point of Punisher is that in the first twenty minutes of the movie, the family dies, and then he becomes Punisher. Like this is more so like there was a a meat mild man that like experiences some trauma and become goes crazy. And I yeah. get that. That's the difference between this and Punisher. But the ending portion of him trying to save someone and then like a him igniting a beef with a drug lord that's one thousand percent Punisher. It's very similar, but it is still kind of its own but thing. You know, like, this could be cool. I'm a fan I of Bob Odenkirk. I do kind of see like the relation to the John Wick, like and how the story is you know saying that he's going to have like this John Wick. Um, style action. action movie, so like that's what I'm kind of leaning towards when I hear this story. Hopefully, it's good. I'm, a, I'm like I said, I'm a big fan of uh, Bob Odenkirk, so didn't really like Hardcore Henry, but I like Derek Colstad and David Litch, so you know we'll see. Or David Licht, Licht. I don't know. It's, I, I don't know if it's Licht. I mean, I, Licht. Hard, Hardcore Henry. I don't necessarily want. I don't want to blame that director for like the movie. I think they tried to do something that was interesting good it was an interesting idea and maybe just wasn't executed the right way with i think like if they if they were going to do like a first person shooter kind of thing they should do it based on franchise Ooh, yeah okay i'm not mad at that i feel like like this next story is my bag though i'm into the next yeah i I jumped ahead i just started reading Okay, well, the next story is uh, Ethan Hawke, Peter Snarsgaard, Riley Keough, Byron Bowers, Divine Joy Randolph, David Castaneda, um, Christine, Christina Vidal, Bill Burr, and Paul Dano have joined Jake Gyllenhaal in the Netflix thriller The Guilty. And Antoine Fuqua is directing from a script by Nick Piozzolato from The True Detective Scribe. Based on Gustav Moller Helm's D- Danish drama Den Skydige, which premiered at the 2018 Sundance Film Festival, the the film takes place over the course of a single morning at a 911 dispatch center with a call operator played by Jill and Hall trying to save a caller in grave danger, but then discovering that nothing is as it seems and facing the truth is the only way out. This is my bad. Let's go. Nick Pizzolata is an incredible scribe from True Detective. And I think the thing was, was True Detective was too much on him. Like after, like the first season was so good. And then after he had to constantly produce, it was like he just, the pressure was a lot. And it was just like he had to prove, produce in a short amount of time. And honestly, the Mahershala Ali season wasn't bad. We've taken some time off. He's not uh, in charge of anything but writing. The other stuff is with uh, Antoine Fuqua, who... When he has a good story, Antoine Fuqua is a great director, and he's made some good stuff on his own that he's written as well. But uh, reuniting him, Ethan Hawke, and then having Jake Gyllenhaal, Peter Skarsgård, uh, and my boy Paul Dano and Bill Burr, sign me up. Yeah, I mean, I think, 
at this point, anything that Jake Gyllenhaal's in, you and I are going to go check out. You see, out. this is, goes back to our conversation that we always have about Ryan Gosling and Idris Elba. They're in the crew of bad agents. Jake Gyllenhaal, good agent. He knows his demographic. Bro, Jake Gyllenhaal put out fucking Prisoners, uh, Nightcrawler, and then Nocturnal An- like Nocturnal Animals came out ar- around the time of another movie like his. I'm pretty sure it was Nightcrawler, where they're very similar, and they're both thriller movies. Jake Gyllenhaal didn't give a fuck. He's putting out good movies. Like that, that, That's what I'm talking about. R- Ryan Gosling, new agent. Idris Elba, new agent. Jake Gyllenhaal's agent, good job. Good you know, again, job. again, shout out to Netflix. Netflix doing a good job in securing a movie with big names, yeah. not only acting, but um, directing and writing. So, you know, yep. this is this is something that I think could possibly be one of the better Netflix movies that we've seen. So I'm hype. I'm hype. I'm the next it. thing is something that we don't even have to talk about because we don't get political on this podcast, even though I don't think she should but have we, a job. But we did. We did talk about it last, last week. week so yeah. I think it's fair. And yeah, no, it's definitely fair. Amber Heard, Amber Heard will remain as Mara. And I just feel so bad because I used to love Amber Heard. I was a big Amber Heard stand. I don't know if you guys remember uh, Never Back Down, the classic high school fight MMA movie where Amber Heard as the smoke show blonde uh, bombshell where she appeared for the first time. 16-year-old Lyndon, when he saw that, thought he could go fight an MMA and find an Amber Heard of his own. <laughs> Loved that movie, bro. Loved it. If you've never seen Never Back Down with Digimon Hansu, Amber Heard, and two other guys that we don't know where the fuck they are. <laughs> Sean Ferris. <laughs> Where's he at? <laughs> and then look at the blonde guy, the villain. <laughs> <laughs> the blonde guy, the villain, Jagan Day. <laughs> who, who the fuck are those two guys? He was like, in Twilight. But Amber Heard remained that mirror. Like I said last week, if Johnny Depp shouldn't have a job, she shouldn't have a job either. So that's all I got on that. I'm not saying any more than that, but you know, whatever. Yeah, I mean that's pretty much where I'm at with that too. I was kind of surprised that um, that she stayed, but I mean at the you know. I guess maybe she's just not as essential. I mean, I just don't know. I, I, I'm well, the one thing that worries that I worry about with the story is that it's going to hinder Aquaman. It might, it might, and if that's yeah, that's a good point. I I like, could agree with that. Like it's, it it's could, one of those it things take where away like, from, you know, it could be it could be more about the story than about the movie. The movie could be good, and people could boycott it because of her. I've already seen it. I've already seen people talking about it. So it's just like, I just don't know. If They're I just probably betting on the fact that DC. we're an internet-based place and, like, this story could be forgotten in, like, five months. I don't know. I mean, I just, if it wasn't Johnny Depp, you know, Johnny Depp is somebody that, like, everyone... Love, yeah, people love. ...knows. And, like, at this point, you know, knowing that he wasn't necessarily the outright villain of this saga makes like a lot of people have sympathy for him yeah. so it's just like it's hard that it's gonna like hinder aquaman and, no you know, i can see that happening as well but, but it is what it is yeah, but, yeah let's talk about another way that dc kind of shoots themselves in the foot the d the cw verse uh cw is developing a wonder girl series based on dc characters created by you know jo- joel jones and berlanti uh, the perspective one-hour drama revolves around Yara Flor, a Latina dreamer who was born an Amazonian warrior and Brazilian river god. She learns that she is Wonder Girl and with her newfound power must fight evil forces and that would seek to destroy the world. I think that's the new, uh, the new Wonder Girl that they just created. 
Yeah. Okay. So that's what CW is going to do. They're also going to do a Black Lightning spinoff. I CW. saw this and I didn't understand this. <laughs> when did this go? I watched Black Lightning season one, which I liked. The guy that was that was the boyfriend is getting a spinoff now. Yeah, Painkiller. Painkiller will saw Jordan Calloway reprising his role. Um, the planted pilot spinoff will air this uh, in the seventh episode of Black Lightning's fourth season, which will premiere in February 2021. Black Lightning showrunners uh, will write and direct. The Bro, I don't, you, can we never put another CW story in this in in the notes like ever again? I don't watch this. I don't ever care to watch this. This universe is dead to me. Unless Stephen Amill comes back for a ninth season, which he was talking about because he said he needed them checks. Because <laughs> the pandemic was hitting. <laughs> I appreciate his honesty. <laughs> Bring him back. He, he said the pandemic was hitting. He was like, I need another check. <laughs> he was like, I'll do it for the check. <laughs> Arrow during the pandemic. <laughs> I would have I watched. Look, so, but besides that, yeah, I don't, I don't give a damn about this. Good for like Latino people and, you know, getting a superhero they can root for and, you know, get more diversity and, and whatnot. But other than that, I could, I could give two shits about another CW show. Yeah, I mean, I feel like this is just pandering. <laughs> I didn't my want opinion. to say like, it, as, yeah. I mean, as a you know a Latino person, like it, it just seems like pandering to me. Like CW is just like, okay, well, how can we find a way to make a Latino superhero? They just did that and, with black with a Batwoman. Like, oh, we're gonna get a black Batwoman. <laughs> make black people black, watch. black I refuse, lesbian. I refuse to watch that fucking show. I'm not watching anything on the CW. Grant Gustin was the last person that wasn't. Uh, Stephen Amell that I supported on that show. It's over. It's over. I mean, I, I liked Legends for for a stand. I did so, like yeah. Legends. Legends was a good show. Legends was, but it's over. Black Lightning had me for season one. Season two, they lost me. So you know. Now, one story I didn't put in the notes that I remember seeing somewhere on Twitter. And I don't know if you saw it either. Did you see like they were thinking about doing like a another Keanu Reeves Constantine? I saw that. Didn't want to put it on the notes because like I don't know if that's happening. But they they said they were talking about that. So, you know, also got uh, news that, uh, it uh... Who, Lonzo uh, Ball? No, 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 not Lonzo Ball. Um, he, he was the whatchamacallit. Um, no, I'm talking about Green Lantern, the series. We've gotten notes that it's going to go throughout different time periods. Like, it's going to, like, Guy Gardner takes place in the 80s. Uh, Alan Foster, Alan Scott takes place in, like, the 60s. And, like, the rookie starts off in the 80s, and I think she goes back to present day, too. So it's going to be over different, like, uh, whatchamacallit stuff. Spans of time? Yeah, different spans of time, yeah. But do they connect? I think they will be through the rookie lantern who's in half alien, half human. Weird. So, yeah, we're going to have to see. But also sad that the Green Knight that was supposed to get a, a, a film release date this year still has not. Yes, very sad. Like that needs It's an A24 project with uh, Dev Patel, correct? Yep. Yeah, that needs that needs to be seen like immediately. Like yeah, yesterday. that's something that like I I would love to go to fucking streaming as soon as possible, or VOD or whatever. I'd pay to watch that. Yeah, I'd pay for I'd pay for that. I wouldn't pay thirty dollars, but I, no, I'd pay twenty. I'd pay, I'd pay more than I'd pay for Freaky. Yeah, that's a that's a fizz egg. Yep. Um, so you know, so we'll see. Oh, that's let's all, that's let's all go to. That. Let's go to movie on the rise. Do you have anything, Lyndon? You want me yeah, to go? I, I didn't know. What, uh, damn, you put me on the spot now. I well, I, I was just asking if you needed a, ch- a second to look because yeah, let me look. Um, 
Yeah, so Jiu-Jitsu, the Nicolas Cage film is coming out. I don't know if it's going to be, oh, well, I guess where it's I got be available. Okay. Um, so, like, I, I want to watch that just for the sheer craziness of it. Nicolas Cage being a fool. And then uh, Animaniacs comes out on Hulu this, this Oh, Friday. that's this week? Oh, I'm watching yeah. that. That's lit. Okay, bet. Well, I do have something. You know, I always give you all anime updates. And if you're an anime fan, there's a new show called Jujutsu Kaisen that I never talked about on this show, but it is the new shonen anime. And by shonen, for those who don't know what that means, if you watch things like My Hero, Naruto, One Piece, uh, Fire Force, um, I'm trying to think, just that genre of anime, that is called shonen. And they're in this manga, they're in, whereas comic books, movies are based off of comic books, animes are based off of Japanese comic books, which are called manga. And Shonen Jump is a company that produces different manga. And a lot of those that I just named are in Shonen Jump. And the new Shonen Jump series is Jujutsu Kaisen. And arguably, it is one of the best that's come out this year. It is freaking amazing. If you like Naruto, you will love this. Isn't it the one that like has like so many Naruto like characters that are- um, they just it's in he's influenced by naruto but like don't fall for to the hype with twitter saying how they're like oh y'all just ripped off naruto completely its own story but yes there are things like the main character has a devil inside of him the uh the the it's, the it's, teacher there's a there's a character the te- like datara there's a character like there's not Hashi. a character like Derek datara just because the dude has things on his hand he is nothing like datara but there is a character kind of like kakashi that's a fact <laughs> and but he is super strong and he's amazing so like if y'all if y'all want if y'all enjoy naruto this is darker honestly it is its own thing and it is really good it's called jujitsu kaisen definitely want to re- recommend that out to the peeps i'm trying to think if i have anything else um there's not I, much that's probably it. it's thanksgiving week yeah i think that's it unless amazon has something that i'm forgetting about I think Amazon does have something. Oh wait, I want to talk about the new uh H the new the HBO show, The Undoing. If you're not watching The Undoing, with Is it uh, got a new season? No, it's 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 just the first season. No, it's the limited series with uh Hugh Grant and uh, Nicole Kidman. It's a murder mystery. So fucking good. It's on HBO. Oh, and- and the one thing I'm remembering now, and I don't remember when exactly it's happening, but I knew it was happening in November. It might be ongoing right now, but His Dark Material Season 2 is going that starts. That November. starts this week. Okay, well, there, there we go. That so, starts this week. One. So, yeah, and I think that's, I think that now, now that we've gotten that out, I believe that's all the new, like, HBO stuff that's, like, important at least right now because yeah, The For Undoing sure. is great. Like, if you if you need a new show on the weekends, the undoing is something that I de- definitely recommend. Yeah, his dark material started. Our, yeah, it's, season yeah. one is on uh, HBO right now. So yeah, and then for I mean, all the H- on HBO right now, and for all the people who want to you know get into HBO or like we're frustrated with the HBO Max isn't very accessible to a lot of our um, TVs. Um, now they are with Amazon TV and Amazon Fire Stick. So you yeah, can you can access your... Uh, also, if you HBO have HBO on on Amazon, that means you can access HBO Max with your Amazon login. So like like me, who has a HBO on their Prime because that's how my mom watches HBO instead of using HBO Max, like I tried to tell her. So now we can cancel one of those and, uh, you know, have... Yeah, my, my mom does it on um, Hulu. The only, the, only, so the only thing about that, though, is that you don't get the originals. 
Yeah, you don't get that's what I'm saying. You don't get everything. But now at least with Amazon, if you have it, you can get the HBO originals. So the HBO Max originals. Maybe Hulu, maybe that'll happen with that as well. Oh, also the uh just some small news. Malcolm and Marie, the uh John David Washington's and Dying movie is gonna release on February 5th. The yeah, girlfriend with follows picture. the director and his girlfriend whose relationship tested after a movie premiere. And this is gonna be in contention for uh it's gonna be in contention for uh out uh Oscars and whatnot. As uh, at at a time. That's what the, I thought they said it's gonna make the time. It's uh, releasing right around the time that the Oscars ceremony would happen. I think they uh I think they re- pushed back the dates because of COVID. Mm, we'll see. So, you know, but yeah, that's pretty much all the new news and all the stuff that's going on right up to date. I'm on the news site right now just looking to make sure that we don't miss anything. Up to date for you, the viewer. But, all right, Schubert, lead us in the, Mond- the Mandalorian, the best Star Wars thing since the original trilogy. Well, since the prequels. Yeah, I mean, if you're a prequelist like you and I. Yeah, I'm definitely a prequelist. I enjoy them. Very um, so. Well. One thing that was really great about the prequels is that it gave us the Clone Wars. And finally, we get some payoff from watching the Clone Wars here in The Mandalorian. We did know that we got the Darksaber in Season 1, and now Bo-Katan, Katie Sackhoff, makes an appearance in Episode 3. So pumped, so excited about it. Uh, You know, everyone was having fun with the uh, the frog lady and her man like the meet like up that. at the beginning of the episode that was that was kind of funny um i was one thing that was like a are 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 we sure kind of thing was that um uh what's uh shoot the one ship guy that he meets that is mon cal, mon cal mm-hmm. he has like that sweater and it's like almost like the a blue version of the sweater that um ransom wears and get out oh and i was like how are they have these kinds of sweaters in Star Wars? <laughs> like, come, on come on now that's funny we could we could have fixed that up guys oh by the way directing this episode was Bryce, Bryce Bryce Dallas Dallas Howard. Howard. yeah which BH. i feel like for a lot of people who didn't like her season one episode which are crazy people she had one of the better um, ones i didn't like her this, se- i didn't i not like her season one episode i don't think you appreciated it very much but i <laughs> thought it was pretty great wait let me see what her season one episode she, is. it was the one with uh gina carano's first appearance is that where they go to that that place yeah, the planet where the farmers or whatever. Oh, yeah. Fuck that episode. <laughs> I did not like that episode, but she redeemed herself. She redeemed herself very much so. This is probably the best episode of this. No, second best. Second best behind what? The first one? The, the first yes. one? This episode was great. I, I'm a big, big fan. I loved all the Bo-Katan stuff. It felt like everything that I was looking for paid off. I loved the Moff Gideon stuff, how we we set up the battle for Bo-Katan and Moff Gideon for the Darksaber. And then we get an Ahsoka Tano mention. Yes. Bo-Katan puts him on the hunt for Ahsoka Tano. So, and she, he has to go to uh, uh, Corvus, which is Corvus. a planet on, um, on Jedi um, Fallen Order. Yeah. So that the felt dope. Game. And then, yeah, I just thought this was a good episode, good fighting. We get a George Lucas-created character with the Mandalorians, with Bo-Katan, the, one, the dude, not, the, uh, not Sasha Banks. Wolf. The, yeah, Wolf, whatever. 
Yeah. So I thought I loved I loved everything about this episode. Yes, Sasha Banks. Oh, and, and well, I'm gonna let you say it, but I don't know if you'll remember. So I'll just I'll just say it. But Schubert told me that we found out that Jen Darren is a, a Death Watch member. For those who are in knowledge of Mandalorian culture and Star Wars, Clone Wars, and whatnot. See, that was what I thought that this episode was the most interesting for me is because when you, because, you know, of course he has that reaction to Bo-Katan and company because he's like, oh, you got, where'd you guys get that armor? You're obviously not real Mandalorians. And they're as real as Mandalorians come, let me tell you, Dan. Yeah. Like, th- You're those more are... fake Mandalorian than they are. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, that's a real interesting concept to it. So I think that really kind of just gets into the speculation because it was a pretty short episode. You know, the main thing that we you, you really could enjoy out of this episode was the scene where they were taking out that ship. Uh, I love that the, the dude had that, like, capsule in his mouth that he could kill himself. Oh, yeah. That was wild. You can see Moff Gideon do um, his, you know, hologram projection, uh, just kind of, like... Getting the lowdown, he knows that Bo-Katan's after him, obviously because he's got the dark saber. She's been pursuing him for a while. Yeah. Um, we're seeing now that in the fall of the Empire, Mandalorians or the original Mandalorians, they want to retake their their planet, but they need to find it. Apparently, can I can I ask? And are we sure? What I just thought about it. Are we sure Bo-Katan looks like Katie Sackhoff when Obi-Wan looked like Alec Guinness a couple Well, years. that was a big that was a big thing on Twitter. So Katie Sackhoff is 40. <laughs> Alec um, Guinness was on a man in his 60s, and her and Obi-Wan were banging in the Clone Wars. No, no, they were not. He was like, banging her sister. He was banging her sister? Yes. I thought he was banging her. No, no, no. I thought no, he had no, a relationship no. with her. No, 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 no. He had a relationship with the queen. Oh yeah! Oh, damn, you're right. You're right. You're right. That took my. Yeah. That took my whole. My whole. So he is. He is supposed to be a little bit older than her. Okay. But right. obviously. But know, still, Bo-Katan was a what, what looked like this in the Clone Wars and in Rebels. Her ass got it. She ain't age at all. Yeah, the thought process that everyone's saying is that that maybe in the Clone Wars she's like. What late, 16? early twenties, like you know, because Ahsoka's a teenager. So Ahsoka, you got like, and Ahsoka is supposed to be in her forties now. So like, the assumption is that maybe this Bo-Katan should be somewhere between forty-five and fifty-five. Mm. I'm I'm assuming more so on the earlier side because Katie Sackhoff is playing. Mm. I mean, this is more of just a nod to Katie Sackhoff playing the character. I mean, it is you know, it could be picky, but a lot of people don't really know enough about. All of that to be able. That's to, just because I thought of be Duchess. About it. But you're right. I was thinking of Duchess Satine, and I was okay. Because I was about to say, my boy Obi Wan was looking like an 80 year old man. How, how does? How did, he was looking like an 80 year old man, uh, like four to five years earlier, <laughs> like than, than when this takes place. Like how how, how far? How, how much years. time? Yeah, t- I was about to say how much time. So yeah, wait. Nah, shoot. This is, this year, but like we we still don't really truly know like how far off the Return of the Jedi this is. So it's somewhere between within five years. So it could so it could be that. And least how long like is Return years. of the Jedi before New Hope? Oh, not not long. Like okay. three, three. Okay, and then maybe four, three, because like four. there is a there is. A, it's pretty close. The jump is from four to five is closer than the than. Five, uh, five to six. No, actually, I think it's five to six is closer than four to five. 
but like there is like some small significant time. So let's jumps. say seven years. Obi Wan was you gotta, eighty you gotta seven years ago. Like when, like what are we talking about? Bo-Katan should be in her sixties. <laughs> she should look a little bit older. <laughs> that's all I'm saying. That's, that, that's, that's just me. Sure. That's just me being picky and just something I just realized just now. Like oh shit! But you're right. She was with Duchess of Teen, so it's cool. Yeah, um, but. It's all very exciting that you added that in, and you know, like we were mentioning with establishing that he is a part of the watch, and you know, knowing that there's the different factions, the Mandalorians that are still out there, and they're trying to figure out like how to reestablish themselves on Mandalore. He I might think- be, he might lead them because he's a Death Watch person. He and he knows Bo Katan, uh, and if he gets the dark saber, Din might be the person that like well, recombines the Mandalorians. Well, here's the thing. The thought process is we don't know what the status is of the watch because, like, he, assuming a lot of them were killed, mm. you know, what we saw in season one. So I think that he's going to more so learn to accept, like, this culture of Mandalore and become more involved with them. And that's, like, going to kind of change his whole demeanor moving forward. We might start um, seeing Pedro Pascal, the person. Exactly. So I think like those are kind of the stepping stones to him kind of changing that, you know, we're all kind of learning his character development as we're moving forward. And this is just another step to that. I actually, I don't know if we can ever see Pedro Pascal and Bo-Katan in the same place because there's no way that Pedro Pascal looks just as old as Bo-Katan when, but he was in the Clone Wars. Oh, he was, he was a kid Yeah, when he was a kid. So Bo-Katan was older than a kid. I'm just saying her, her, her age is just, it's, it's a tricky situation. But you know, he was all, you, you don't know like what span of the Clone Wars. So like he could have been like, what, let's say in that cutscene he was nine. Uh, uh, that could have been, that could have been early in the Clone Wars okay. where like Bo-Katan, like, you know, in her section of the Clone Wars is a little bit later because like she's is in the final season as well. That's true. So That's true. But, Good point. Do you think we've gotten a Sokotana name drop? Bo-Katan told him to go ding, bring the child there. Are we seeing her next episode? No, definitely not because of uh, Carl Weathers Direct. re- uh, directing <laughs> the next episode. And then what, the only one I'm, that Dave Filoni writes and directs is episode five. That's the yeah, one we're going to get. That's the one, which yep. is going to be nice because it's going to uh, come out the day after Thanksgiving. So oh, cool, it's, cool, cool. So that's a that's a fun watch for the family the day after Thanksgiving to go watch the Ahsoka Tana episode. But this week we should be getting the old bands together, Gina Carano. Yeah, Grief Carga, Grief Carga, and Cara Dune. I'm not going to say Gina Carano's name anymore because Star Wars fans want her out of there. I don't know what happened this week. She did something else new, and people were pissed. <laughs> yeah, she did something. People got pissed. <laughs> People, so, I saw the meme where you know it's the dude walking with his girl, and he turned his head back, and it's and then it was Bo Katan walking this way, and it was the dude walking with Car Dude, and then <laughs> people were like, "You need to go with Bo Katan, partner." <laughs> which he will, he will, yeah, he definitely. Like, will. That, it's definitely the big setup. Um, it's over but, for Gina Carano. <laughs> but something that we were talking about early on off air that I wanted to save is you were kind of asking like what would happen once baby Yoda and Ahsoka get established and what was, oh, I think he dips. I think the show's going to be different. I think, yeah, I think the show will be different. I think we're going to get more of this Bo-Katan and the Mando trying Doing to reestablish Mandalorian. Mandalorian. Yeah. And uh, the Ahsoka series may it's go into the training of baby, baby Yoda. Yoda. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Cool. Hell yeah. Well, I'm excited. We're going to see what Carl Weathers brings directing next episode. Uh, John Favreau written. So, 
But I'll be shocked if we see Ahsoka Tano next episode. There's no way. Dave, that's Dave Filoni's character. He write, He's written and directed episode five. There's no way she comes next episode. Yeah, and there may be, like, something slight. At the end? At the end, like, just, or, like, more background or, I don't know. There could be, like, know. something slight, but we won't see Rosaria Dawson for sure. Like, we may see, like, her lightsaber on her holster as, like, he comes to the planet and then that Possibly, is. possibly, possibly. I, I'm more so thinking, like, um, we'll just hear mention of Corvus or, like, he's... He's just pulling up on Corvus as it ends. Yeah, something like that. All right, bet, bet. Wow. That's all I got really on this one, Schubert. I enjoyed this episode, though. Yeah, it was. It went back to the 35 minutes, but, you know, if you're going to give me 35 minutes, you got to give me that. At yeah, least. true. That's a fact. Hopefully we get more with episode five. <laughs> they're, fl- they're fluctuating. It went from, like, damn near an hour to, to 40 45 to 35. To 35, yeah. We, we just can't get back to 23. As long as we don't get back to 23. No. Yeah, that's unless fact. it's this one. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's any Gina Carano episode. Cool. Yeah. Get her ass out of here. Later get her, on. Get her out of here. <laughs> You're gone. But yeah, man. Solid episode this week, brother. Yeah. That was a, a lot of good news. Um, definitely, ex, you know, definitely excited for I'm thinking some next of the week DC we do stuff, our, I, some of the I'm, Netflix stuff. I'm telling you ahead of time. I'm thinking next week we do our top five directors. Yeah. I think we could do that. I think we also should uh, talk about Animaniacs a little bit. True, yeah, we can watch. I'll, I'll watch it all. <laughs> I'll watch it that's all. That's what I'm we, saying. We, we can I review like it. Yeah, that's cool. That. That's cool. I'm down for that. Do an Animaniacs review, Mandalorian, and then do top five directors. Hell yeah, I'm down. Because I feel like we're going to have a light news week with Thanksgiving and all. That's true. And yo, you go, oh, well, with that being said, you guys make sure by the time you're hearing this tomorrow on Friday, check out the Super Bad Running Back. If you enjoy that movie, Super Bad then you're going to love, 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 love going down memory lane on this episode with us. For sure. I mean, Superbad is one of my favorite films ever. I mean, you know, not even comedy. Probably my favorite comedy ever, but, you know, one of my top 10 best films I've ever watched. So and we it's not like I'm saying that it's the greatest cinema there is. No, pers- it's one of my personal favorites. Personal, personal preference, yeah. But with that being said, you guys follow me at LimbyWT, follow the Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. A new Bros Who Think podcast episode is out now. Me, well, me, uh, if you care about the NBA coverage, the draft already happened, but me and Schubert give you, prepare you for week 11, this upcoming week of the NFL. We talk some stuff going on in the world. Be sure to check that out. Uh, and also, even number- though it does talk about the draft, we don't necessarily like base this, you know, predictions yeah, or talk, anything, but yeah, we talk about the Justin, players themselves. Justin does lay out the players themselves. Yeah, like we talk about player strengths. That's true. We didn't talk about like picks or anything like that. You're you're 100 right. I'm glad we did it that way too. So yeah, that's that's on there. So be sure to check that out out now on YouTube. If you're a manga kaiju number eight uh, chapter fan, is out now. And then there'll be some more stuff coming out after the super bad running back. But just subscribe to the YouTube for more information or follow us on Twitter at Bros. You think. All right. Well, I hope everyone out there has a great week. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at hubert14. And be sure to check out everything that we have going on, especially that Superbad episode. So It's amazing. Everyone stay safe this weekend. Enjoy Mando episode four. And as always, keep binging.